My name is Shelly Zulsdorf. I am the student ministry pastor, which we got students here. I love it. Um, and before we begin, I just want to clarify something because I really do not want a Rihanna moment from the Super Bowl where everybody was wondering if she was pregnant or not and was so distracted that they couldn't pay attention to her amazing performance. So I am pregnant, so no questions. You can pay attention. Now, <laughs> It's been, it's been a while, but I realized last week some people didn't know still. So I just figured so you can pay attention to the word this morning and you don't have to be sitting there going, is that a bee sting, too many donuts? No, it is a baby. So um, well, I'm so glad that you're here with us, whether in the room or if you're online. Uh, I'm excited for this new series that we're doing um, called Jesus 167 where we're gonna be talking about how we can walk daily with God and what this means. And so before I jump into my sermon, I want us to reflect on this question. I want us to reflect on the question, who is someone you look up to in their faith journey? Who is someone you look up to in their faith journey? And I actually want you to share this right now. So I want you to turn to at least one person or a group of three, and I want, we're gonna take one minute, and th so 30 seconds each, for those that like to talk a lot or not a lot. Um, and I want you to share with the people next to you, who is someone that you right now, it might change all the time that you're looking up to in their faith journey. And those that are online, you can do the chat or the people you're with. So turn right now, take about a minute to answer that question. Okay, we're about halfway through, so if you haven't switched, uh, please switch so someone else can share. We have about 30 more seconds. All right, start to wrap it up. I love getting to share the different people that are just encouraging us, getting us excited about our faith. And maybe it was you shared a family member, a friend, maybe it was like a famous Christian, modern or historic that you're reading about or listening to. But we have throughout our life, people in our lives that are just encouraging us that we, in, in a way where we go, watch, we look at their life and we go, wow, they are just really living for God. And it gets you excited to want to continue your walk with God. For me, um, God used, uh, this picture right here is, her name is Anna. And we just went to our student ministry, a mission trip to Nicaragua. And you will hear all about it from our students come next week. So that's my little plug to come back and hear about our trip. Uh, but Anna, she is from Nicaragua, from Rivas, Nicaragua, and she um, has been serving in her hometown for 12 years. And she walked one day, she was walking in her hometown, went to a part of her town that she had never been to, and it was the most impoverished part of her town. And it was the people there, they were working in the dumps, and they were living on very minimal conditions um, with very little food, and she felt God call her to serve 
here. Instead of serving somewhere else in the world, she thought, maybe I'd go somewhere else. She felt God called her to serve here. And as we were there, I got to spend a lot of time with her. We did different shopping, had to do different activities together. And when I was with her, I kept being drawn to wanting to know more about her faith, to wanting to hear more of her stories, to wanting to hear what God is doing in her life, what God is teaching her, because I was just so drawn to her her confidence and trust in the Lord. She had just this full faith of God would provide, that God would be with her, that God is in all of this. And I just, I was so drawn to that. And it got me excited to be more on fire with my walk with the Lord. And I just kept wanting to be around her. And anyone that we say, gosh, I'm really looking up to their their journey with God right now. It's not that we're looking up to them as a person, or we want to be like them. It's more that we are looking at, gosh, they have something that I want more of. And what we're really desiring, what we're, what's being revealed in that moment is that our hearts are desiring to walk more deeply with God. We are looking at their life and going, gosh, I want to walk deeper with God now. I want to live more for him. And see, here's the thing. The people that we mentioned, they're no different from us. The people that you say you're looking up to, they're no different from us. They get frustrated. They get discouraged. They have doubts. They're busy. They have a lot going on. And they're trying to figure out where God is in all of this. But in those moments, what we see is that they choose to walk with God among all that chaos. They choose in all that's going on that they're going to look to God in all of it. And so that's what we're drawn to, is we're drawn to that deep relationship that they have. And we go, gosh, I'm actually desiring that. I want more of that. And so in this series, we're going to really talk about what does it mean to walk with God? What does that mean in your daily life? Not just Sunday morning, but every day. How do we walk with God? And I want to dive into what that means a little bit more today. And I want to take you on this journey of understanding this phrase as we engage it over the next couple of weeks. Because it's important for us to go, what does it really mean? What am I really desiring when I say, gosh, I, I look at that person's walk with God and I want more. I want that deeper relationship. So here's, we're just going to break it down. So first, walking with God means drawing near. Drawing near. God's story with us from the very beginning, in Genesis, we see that God is very deliberate that he wants a relationship with us. He is so involved in all of creation. He's active in all of it. And this is his, when you read that creation story, it is God saying, gosh, I want a relationship with you in this world. He is not an aloof or a distant God, but he is personally involved And so from the beginning in Genesis, we see that he is so in all of it because he loves us, cares about us, wants this relationship. And then you see when uh, Adam and Eve, they eat the fruit they were not supposed to eat, and then sin enters the world. I love the description of God in this moment. The description that they give of what God does in this moment in Genesis 3, 8 through 9, listen to this. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? I love this. This is the first description when when they made a mistake. The first thing that God is doing is he is walking towards them. He is walking in the garden. 
Because even though Adam and Eve were hiding in shame from what they had done, God was still the same and he still wanted that relationship with them. And so he walked towards them in relationship. His desire is to walk with us. His desire is to be with us. And I love the question, where are you? Because that question to me is so relational and so invitational. Because God, he never changed his intentions with what he wanted to do. So his where are you is drawing them back to him. Because we tend to be the ones, not God, that runs away, that hides our shame and brokenness or desires from him. But when we do, God walks towards us and says, where are you? Where are you? And this is such an invitation that he's going, can we talk? Can we meet? Can we be together in this? Don't run. I want this relationship with you. And so this where are you and God walking towards us is this invitation to draw near to God. He's inviting us. He can't force us. He's inviting us to draw near to him, to come to him, to sit in silence and solitude and prayer with honestly reflecting with God with where we are actually at. He wants us. That question is so invitational to go, I want you to share with me. God wants us to be real with him, to be honest with what we're going through, with what we're struggling with. And so we, he is daily asking us, where are you? Let's connect. Come to me. I know you want to run. I know you want to hide, but I'm going to walk towards you and invite you in this relationship. And I think of this, like, God drawing us near in, in this journey with him as like a pilgrimage, um, a pilgrimage walk. And pilgrimages, they've been a centuries-old practice of physically drawing near to God by walking to holy places. Lots of different religions do it where they, they go on this long journey to these holy places and they're drawing closer and closer to that. And those that have gone, that I've heard have gone on pilgrimages, I listen to their story and what I actually find is the most powerful part of the pilgrimage is not when they get to the holy place always, but it's the long journey of silence, solitude, and prayer as they are walking towards that holy place. That's that powerful moment where they're getting away from all the distractions and they're just with God in that journey. Now, I have never done a um, pilgrimage, but I have done a labyrinth. And a labyrinth is kind of like, if you don't have time right now, like I have, my life's kind of busy to go somewhere far away to a holy place. You can do a labyrinth, which is like this maze on the ground where it kind of weaves in and out and eventually you get to the center. And it's the same sort of idea of where you walk this path in prayer, solitude, silence with God. And you're walking towards the center, having this conversation. Well, when I did this a couple years ago, Back in 2020, I did it for the first time, and I was so excited to do it. But as I was weaving in and out of it, you kind of have these moments where you feel like you're close to the center, and then it takes you far away, and the journey just feels so long. And for someone like me, who's super impatient, this was brutal. Like, I actually did not enjoy the process. And all I thought was, I could just jump over the lines and get to the center, and I'd be there in a jiffy. Like, I, I wanted to cut corners. I wanted to jump over lines. And as I was, like, feeling that in the moment and sitting with God, I felt this was so clear to me that, gosh, 
This is us so often. We want to so often, and maybe just me, want to skip our time with God or rush our time with God. We have other things to do. And so we want to rush through this time of spending time with God, carving out, drawing near to him, because we live in this fast-paced world. And so we're so used to moving quickly, but we have a God who's on this long journey with us. He wants to go slowly with us. He wants to draw us into him. And so walking a labyrinth or going on a pilgrimage is just a physical representation of what God is wanting us to do with him. God is wanting us to carve out time in our daily life, whether it's in the morning, in the middle of our day, at night, to spend intentional time with him. To get time where we have just away from the distractions, silence, solitude with God, where we're in prayer with him. And he doesn't want us to rush that or skip that, but actually be intentional with that spending time with him. So when he asks each and every day, I believe God is asking us, where are you? He's inviting us to spend time with him. He's inviting us to draw near to him, to spend some intentional time, to carve out that time so we can be in his presence. So this is what we need to first wrestle through with walking with God is drawing near to him. And when we're drawing near to him, he's doing something in that process. He's doing something in that process. So walking with God also means relearning what we've forgotten. Relearning what we've forgotten. And when I read scripture, this is so clear to me. This is so clear to me that we are forgetful people. Like I read the Old Testament and I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys cannot remember the simple things that God is telling you, that God loves you, that God's for you, is present with you. You keep running away. But that's us too. We are forgetful people. And it's easy for us with all the voices in the world to remember what God has put in our hearts to remember what God has told us. And so we are constantly relearning the things that God is wanting to teach us. And I find what's helpful in understanding this is the Exodus story in the Old Testament. After 430 years of them living, of God's people living in Egypt, God decides to rescue them from their slavery and brings them out into the wilderness for 40 years. And he spends those 40 years, I want to emphasize this, 40 years drawing them back to him, teaching them new ways to live. 40 years of that time. And I find the books Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, like especially Leviticus and Numbers, like nobody chooses that as like, that's the book I want to read this month. Like they're they're big books, heavy books, lots of laws, lots of things being said in there. And a lot of people find it burdensome or just frustrating to read through. But when I was in seminary, I love that our Old Testament professor said, you need to read these books with the mindset that this is a relational God. This is a relational God that loves his people so much that he is willing to teach them new things. He wants to show them the ways that he wants them to live in the fullness of who he created them to be. And so he gives them all these things which may feel like a lot or a burden, but no, it's actually out of love so that they can understand how to live as people with true justice and mercy and love for others and care for one another in a new way because they had forgotten. 
And to God, this was important because the identity and character of the community was at stake as they moved into the future. He needed them to remember who they were and how he wanted them to live. So for 40 years, he walked with them, drew them closer to him, and retaught them who they were. And so I look at that with so much hope because it means we're not done yet. And I, and I love in Deuteronomy 8, 6 through 11, after this 40 years, before they're about to enter into the promised land, Moses gave a, a speech, a final speech to them as an encouragement. And here's what he said to them. After they'd been learning for 40 years, hearing all the things they needed to do, he said, observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce, and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. After 40 years, they are still encouraged to observe the commands of the Lord, to walk faithfully with him. And the, and to me, that's such an encouragement, like I said, because it means that they, are, they were not done yet. 40 years of learning, 40 years of walking with God, you are not done yet. Which means for us, no matter how long or short your walk with the Lord has been, how long you've been walking with the Lord and had this relationship, you are not done learning yet. There is still more to learn. And that's such an encouragement for me. I, I've been reading this book um, by one of my favorite authors, Shana Nequist, and the book's called, I Guess I Have Not Learned That Yet. I Guess I Haven't Learned That Yet. And I have just loved her posture. She is writing about discovering new ways to live when the old ways aren't working. And she tells just all these short stories of how she's learning that. And I just find this phrase and posture to be so good when we're thinking about our relationship with God. Instead of holding up, look at all the things I know, to come to scripture, to come to God's word in the Bible and to go, man, there's more for me to learn. I can read the same passage over and over again in different seasons and it can speak new things because God's word is alive and active. The, the commands he gives are not static for one time but are, are teaching us today. And so we can come to scripture and go, gosh, I think there's more I have not learned yet. And then we can read it and go, gosh, I guess I haven't learned that yet. And we can have this humble posture. Every time we draw near to God, we can spend time in prayer, but we can read his word to learn more. And maybe to relearn things that we've totally forgotten because of the season that we're in. But we get to come with this posture of humility to see what else we may not know, to see what else we've forgotten and to learn. Because if God can take the Israelites for 40 years and then say, continue to observe, continue to learn, do not forget. Then for us, however long we've been walking, God has more to do with us for the next 20, 30, 40, 60 plus years. There's more. So what would it look like in our walk with God to come constantly 
with a posture, reading his word to go, what else? What am I not seeing yet? And to learn that. And over time, drawing near to God and relearning the things that we have forgotten or we may not know yet causes us to want to walk more in step with God. So therefore, walking with God, the last thing I want to talk about, means changing our lifestyle. It means changing our lifestyle. And one of my favorite verses that I was given at 18, two years into following Jesus, I was on a summer mission project and a mentor gave me uh, Galatians 2.20. And this was a really hard verse for me for a long time to wrestle with and still is. But I think it gives this idea of, of how we are changing our lifestyle. And those that we look up to in our faith journey, I think they have wrestled with this idea and what we're seeing in their life. Here's what it says. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I love this because it's saying, our, when we say yes to Jesus, our whole life changes. Our whole life changes. Now, I know we live in a culture where we tend to say, oh, it changes hard, I can't change. I can't do that. But we actually are more capable and resilient than we think. And God has actually created us in a way that we are always capable of change and growth because he's always doing something in our life. And I want you to think about it, um, this passage, like a new parent taking a child home. Now, I'm not there yet, so I'm only going based on what people have told me, is um, whether it's a bio child or a foster child, adopted child, if you want to say a pet child. When you take that new, I know, not everybody's for parenthood, it's okay. Um, when you take that new child home, everything changes. All my friends have said their whole life changes. Because you can spend weeks and months, like I'm doing now, preparing and learning with how to care for the new child. But the moment that child is in your hands, is getting in your car, is in your home, everything has to change. Your whole life has to shift because you are no longer living for yourself. You're no longer on your schedule, your time, when you want to go to bed, when you want to wake up. I've been, I see a lot of nodding. Yes. I see all the parents in the room. I get it. I'll be there. And <laughs> you're no longer living just for you, but now you have this other person that you are caring for. And it is worth the sacrifice and the cost to shift your life to have them be a part of it. It is totally worth making this lifestyle change so you can be the best that you can for this new life that's in, in your life. And so we're fully capable of change. We're fully capable. And when we receive Christ in our life, there is a huge lifestyle change. We are no longer living for ourselves with blinders on, and I do me, I do my truth, I do what I want. Instead, we are now living for a God who loves us and died for us and lives in us. We are living a whole different life now where he is doing something new in us. And we no longer have to live in the old patterns of our life or the old ways or old comforts, but we now get to look to God and ask, what is it that you are wanting to change in my life? What is it that needs to change to be made new, to be carved out so I can learn differently. And this is where our walk with the Lord becomes really intimate. 
It becomes really personal. I feel like the first two, you can be like, great, I can draw near, I can uh, learn some new things, but this is where it becomes intimate and really a participation. Because in this, our walk with the Lord, we are asking him to change us. How is it that you are wanting me to be all of who you made me to be in the ways that I'm, I'm maybe not living that right now? So we're asking God to open our eyes and minds to see things like he does. We're asking God to open our ears and hearts with listening to how he's inviting us to change. And when we're open to that, we begin to see God inviting us into new things but it really does come with participation because you can ask God like, oh, show me what I need to change. But then you are the one that has to step out when God invites you to that change, to begin to trust him and make that change. And it's a joyful and it's a costly process because it's going to cost you old ways, old patterns, old comforts. It's going to cost you maybe the way people have already viewed you or identified you in, in your life and who you are. Like for me, it was, she's the grudge holder and I had to change my life in a new way. And it cost me a little bit because it confused people what was happening, but it was worth it. It was worth it to me to walk with God, to live a life where he is teaching me something new. And it's not something, when, we, when I say lifestyle change, I just want to say this real quick. It's not you forcing yourself to change right here and now all the things. It's asking God, having a posture to go, what is it that you're teaching me that you want me to change? Because if you try to force yourself, it will be short-lived change. It will be inauthentic. But to walk with God means we are listening to the things he's wanting us to see and the things he's wanting us to change. It's an intimate process where we know that he is with us in all of it. He loves us and cares about us. And he has that image in Deuteronomy where he's like, I'm taking them to this good land. And that land was so beautiful, full, so much for them. That's what God, when he's changing things in our life, he's taking us to that new place in our life, that new heart where we have all fullness of who he's made us to be. We're moving in that direction where we lack nothing because we are surrounded by his love. And so that walking with God really is this journey, this lifelong journey of weaving through these times, weaving through these times where we're drawing near, where we're relearning what we've forgotten and where things are changing in our life. That is this active relationship that we have with our God. He is not aloof and distant, but he is, he's walking towards us and we get to walk with him in all of that. We are not alone. I'm going to have the worship team come on out because we're going to have a time of worship. And I really want this time though to be a time when we just spend some time with God, where we reflect um, on where we're at with God. And I really want you to do, here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab a note card that's in front of you and a pen. If you're in the front row, you might have to look behind you. Grab the note card and pen that's in front of you. And I want you to write that question in Genesis 3. That question in Genesis 3, because I want us to reflect on this, of where are you? So write that down on your note card right now. Where are you? And I want to carve out a little bit of time in this worship set where you sit with God with that question. Sit with him in prayer. Draw near to him right now, knowing that he's asking you and inviting you in relationship to go, 
where are you today? Where are you with God? What are you struggling with? What are you wrestling with? What are you struggling to learn? What are you struggling to change? Where are you? And maybe you're, you're like, gosh, I'm so distant or I'm hiding. Maybe you're like, I'm just joy-filled right now and trusting. Whatever it is, I want you to take that question that's on the note card and I want you to write maybe a word. Maybe it's just one word that you write down with where you're at in your walk with God. Or maybe you take this worship song and you write down a whole prayer. You write down a whole prayer to God. Maybe you vent. Sometimes I love the journaling to be more of a vent space to God for you to go, this is where I'm at. And you just share that. But at least write down one word of where you're at with God so we can just wrestle with that question because he's asking that to us every day when we're walking with him. He wants you to share. He wants you to draw near. So we're gonna do that during this worship song. I want you to just take some intentional few minutes to just sit and answer that question with God. Spend some time with him on that. So let me pray and then we will worship. Jesus, I thank you that you are so relational, that you walk towards us and you desire us to draw near to you. Lord, I thank you that um, you are just so intimately involved in our lives that you're wanting us to constantly learn new things about who we are, who you are, and what it is that you're wanting to change in our life so that we can live into more of the fullness of who you made us to be with all the freedom, hope, and love. So Jesus, I thank you for this time that we can carve out, that we can sit with you and be honest with where we're at so we can grow closer to you in this moment. We love you, Jesus, and be with us in this time. Amen.